Good morning, everyone. I hope you had a great 4th of July weekend. Today, I'm excited. We have a friend joining us. I'm talking about going after your dreams and the entrepreneurial journey and the successes, the failures, all the things that you go through to get there. And how do you keep on going? These are awesome questions. We're going to ask my friend and entrepreneur, Eric. So just stay tuned and tune in. going to be my first time hearing this whole story and I've heard like bits and pieces from different people you know a lot of our friends and they're just like you know really excited talking about your story so now I get to finally hear so, so from the very <clears throat> beginning um do you do feel it. like you were an entrepreneur first or an artist first or what was it in the beginning I've always been kind of kind of a guy into stuff um, yeah basically like kind of like a hustler-ish. Some people would say like um, just somebody's what else is doing this, but I'm going to break that by doing this, but still fall back on and something solid. So you're not no, just no, hoping totally. it works. And, and then where did you know, find kind of vague, like, but okay, kind of you were like, there. I'm going to be a little more serious about yeah. this and your first big thing that you got into. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even more serious at that time. I mean, this is more stuff I've thought about now in the last couple of years, but um, at the time, about 2000 and uh, maybe maybe in the 90s, I, Whoa. Um, I started kickboxing and I was fighting and uh, we'd fight in casinos and, and and all around like, you know, California, basically. Um, and then, uh, you know, when, when you go to, go to a casino, and, and you, you fight, they give you a hotel room, they give you like a couple hundred bucks. Um, we, we, were, we were still like, yeah, we were still like amateurs, but we were good amateurs, so we'd fight people for like state titles and things like this. And my first big fight was in a casino in, uh, up in Reading, the Reading casino, I think it's called back in like 96. And we were fighting for the state, like the California state title for, uh, middleweights for kickboxing. And they give you 250 bucks cash. They give you a room at the hotel and they give you like free food and stuff. Um, <laughs> and then when you're in the ring, it's like, there's, yeah. a, top, there's a topless ring girl in the ring because oh it was a casino. But I was like 18, yeah. 19. And I was like, this is this is like this is like Vegas, but like the girls topless. This is crazy. But I guess they wanted to draw people into the casinos and guys would come in to watch the topless ring girls and then just watch the fights as well. But anyway, so that's kind of where I started there as far as just branching off on my own. It wasn't so much entrepreneurialism there, but the guy who ran the gym I used to train at wanted to like expand his gym and, and get his name out there. So I started helping him and- with Trying to come up with ideas to get customers what was your to get ring more name? clientele. Did you have and then a he ring expanded name? from there to another gym. Um, oh, no, no, no. It, oh, it, wow. it, it wasn't wrestling. It was just straight up fighting. So you just had your your real name. Yeah. And I didn't have a nickname like that. I was just, I just fought. Um, but uh, I was like maybe our fourth or fifth best fighter of our squad. Because we had a few other guys who were really, really well trained and like pretty much professional and went professional. Um, but that was just kind of something I did. And, and when you go out and you see the casinos, you see the people and they're paying you and you're like, okay, all right. And then I'm like, I know we weren't like, you know, a boxing or WWF or anything big. We're just some guys who had a little gym in Daly city. And next thing you know, we're mm-hmm. getting paid by these guys to show up. We wrote, wrote up in a caravan. They paid all of us and we're all fighting in the ring. And, you know, we get to go in the ring and announce our name. And like, this is, this right. is, this is official. And yet we didn't do shit besides show up. So at that point, you're like, okay, well, you could just show up sometimes and act like you know what you're doing. And that helps you get in. Now, you still have to have a follow-up. Mm-hmm. You can't just walk in and say, yeah, I'm so-and-so, and you don't know how to do what you're saying. You still need a follow-up. But it wasn't it, – the, the, the mystique behind everything was kind of like you had to be a high-end mm-hmm. professional with a degree – and tons of experience and family members in the business. But almost and you were it was only impossible. 18? It's really not like, impossible to get, get your feet in. This... To stay and in... you were making all this money at that age. Like, yeah, I was 18 and 19 at that time. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a mm-hmm. ton of money. It wasn't a ton of money. It was just, it was just you know, a few hundred here, a few hundred there. But it was fun that I'm getting paid to fight, which at <laughs> yeah. that point I was paying a gym membership to learn how to fight. You know, so, so now I'm getting paid for showing up basically which was kind of cool um but that was just where it started but the, the idea behind that was you walked in here talked to the guy who's running the casino which is the manager or whatever not even the owner yeah and then they just hand you money and give you food yeah. and give you a hotel room 
So the idea for me yeah. was, I can get in. You, you can get in. All you got to do is, is play the part. Now, if you're trying to lie or sneak in, that's one thing. But if you want to actually maintain something, you, you got to have a plan, some kind of a plan or something behind it. Yeah. But I was, I just saw like, this is doable. Yeah. Just walk up, act like you know what you're doing and you're kind of in. Now, if you do know what you're doing, even better, but okay, doable. So from there, um, I ended up breaking my arm training with one of my guys who's, who was a really good fighter. I was training him to uh, get ready for one of his fights and he damn near broke my arm. He fractured it. And I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm not making enough money to get my arm broke and younger brother and guys mm-hmm. who wanted to do music. So I kind of made up an album for them to get their feet wet because I knew a guy. I, I knew somebody who had a studio and he was charging me like 25 bucks an hour, which was pretty good rate for back mm-hmm. then because back then it was expensive because yeah. everyone was still recording on tape. This is like right before everybody went digital. So you had to yeah, have actual like, audio tapes and they'd be recording on each tape. The tapes were expensive. So we started doing music. We started doing music and the younger guys, they're like maybe 23, 24 they all kind of just started flaking and they weren't really doing the so project we were supposed of, to do. So what kind I of music was it? Like finishing the album mostly myself and just called it my mm-hmm. own album. It, it was rap. It was rap. Yeah. Which everyone, you know, wanted to be a rapper, but it was easy to do when you had a connection for a studio. And I didn't know what I was doing though. So I'm sitting there, all right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and write some songs. I always liked to rap, but I was never really, I didn't really do much. So I started writing the songs yeah. and recording the songs and making all the songs. And I finally finished the album. And then I put it out and put it on, uh, at that time, CD Baby. So it gave me distribution and they put it all over the world and it was just out there. I didn't sell much, nothing like that, but it was still out there. We did it. And then you find out the people you work with and who say they want to do things out of all of them. They came in a few times and recorded a couple pieces, but no one ever even finished an entire song barely. So off an album with 20 songs, I did 15 songs and they did the other five. Oh yeah. People just really don't follow through most of the time for whatever reason. But I did that, and that was for fun. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to do a TV show. Because as I was recording, I met a few different people and went to a few different clubs. And again, it felt like that original journey where I could just walk in and say what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of in, like it was when I was kickboxing. So, yeah. So basically, I said, I'm going to do a TV show. Because my other friends said, hey, you know, they got a public access channel in San Francisco where you could get on TV. I'm like, all right. So me and him went down there and we signed up and did all the paperwork and everything to, to get to get a time slot. We got a time slot and I had a friend who I had just recently met who did one of my videos for my little experimental album we did. And he said, yeah, he'd be down to do a TV show. So we got him, went down oh, and wow. started filming our first show at a 49er game in the parking lot. Which you want to go somewhere where there's people and there's an audience. So you have to stand there in your house or in the street. Hey, what's up? I'm standing here doing nothing. You want to make it look like you're doing something is the idea. So we went to a Niner game. We asked people questions. Um, we had a few little like uh, gimmicks that were pertaining to the, the Niner game and the team we were playing at the time, which was the Bears. And we had like like a little teddy bear yeah. on a noose, you know, so the Niners yeah. fans are like kicking it. And, yeah, fuck the Bears, Niners. So everyone's excited and people get on the camera. And when you're on camera, you want to seem like more exciting than normal. As you notice when you watch any TV show or even the old TV shows, like they have a sign that tells the audience to clap or cheer or whatever, because you want to sound like sound and seem like it's a lot going on versus a boring version of it. So you got to hype it up. So we went out there, we did that. And then that, that TV show continued for almost two years ah. from 03 to 05. And that's when I started doing the award shows. But before I go any further in the story, I'm like, wow, it's just the, like the here. zero to hundred. Any questions right from here. you about what I was doing? <laughs> it's just nonstop. No, no, no. It's I'm awesome. Try, I'm, I'm trying um, to keep it, trying to keep it short. I feel so, like, man, where was I? 18. I was just like in a secluded little town. And, you know, at that age, I mean, depending where you are, like, I was really scared to do anything. And get into any kind of business but it just sounds like you know like you said you're just like a no fear kind of person you hustle and you knew what you wanted and you just went for it and maybe a a few little challenges on the way but you just kept going Mm -hmm. I mean there's there's always some fear and there's always some nervousness um that's kind of Rocky mentioned it in Rocky six I think um it's good to have a little bit of fear because that, that little bit of fear is what kind of kind of 
pumps you mm-hmm. up in the morning. It, it's kind of your uh, it's kind of your natural caffeine to get you going. Like, all right, all right. But don't let that fear kill you because some people, yeah. the, the fear hits them and then they're just stuck and they can't even move. They they get like a, like a, just petrified and then 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 they're screwed. You you want to be able to take that little bit of fear and kind of use it yeah, as your yeah. fuel. Like all right, all right, all right. I got this. I got this. And then you kind of go. And once you get going, if if it's for you and you're the kind of guy guy or girl who can do this, then you just kind of use that as your your fuel to get you moving. And once yeah, you do, no, it I usually works that. out pretty um, good. It's I like mean, great my advice. Experience, I would say that I would give my daughter. I, I'm pretty sure your kids too, and those that you know are at that age where they want to pursue something like this, or everything you've gone through. Um, you know, how to achieve that or how to even start that. It's, it's good advice, you know? Well, the, the, the idea behind starting that mm-hmm. was um, not just so much that, but for all of what, for all yeah. of what I would say, um, when you start, you just start working on something, anything, a hobby, a dream, an idea, something you're doing because you're bored. Um, there's usually a lot of energy in the person and they have a goal. Like, I'm going to do this right away. Like, I'm going to get straight into this. I'm, I'm going to do this for the people mm-hmm. who do have, have the, have the extra tenacity to kind of push forward. It happens a lot with music or people who want to start a small business. Um, but they usually want to jump right in. And like with me, with the music and even with this young guy who I worked with a few years ago, he was like, man, I'm gonna get right to it. I'm, 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 I'm going to make like all these songs and just get out there right now. And I'm like, it's not even about that in, in a way. Yeah, you want to get to it, but you can't just say, yeah. I'm going to skip all the steps. Oh, yeah. There's still steps that you have to go through, basically, which is the experience. And as, as much as we might have connections or finances or oh, yeah. a lot of drive, That's there's true. still no substitute for experience. You have to still do it and go through it. And everyone has gone through some form, some level of, the experience that gets them to where they are, wherever they are, when they've made what they feel is their success from, from stars to small people to whatever. You can't just go, Oh yeah, um, I'm going to start a business. And tomorrow you're the biggest Mm -hmm. business in, in, in the area. It takes time, no matter what for the lucky ones, they get there faster. Some, some don't ever get there. But the experience is still the part that oh, yeah, that's definitely. real. It's the part you um, went through, the part you, you remember, the part you yeah, take from it. Yeah, the experience and the journey, um, I feel like, is so that's key. That's kind of what, what so, we're talking about. Um, the reason why I bring up fear a lot, I feel like when I talk to a lot of people, even moms now or, like, younger people that are like, I want to do that, but blah, 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 excuse, I'm scared, fear, all of that. And you said, you know, use fear as fuel, which... A lot of people, it's hard for them to do. Some people can use it. Because I used to be in music before, but like in high school, I was in show choir, which was very little. <laughs> and I would use that to perform on stage. And mm-hmm. I, I actually did the, the music studio kind of thing for like a little bit. Um, one of the studios was um, that song. Uh, yep. Summertime. Oh, my God. What is it called? Oh, it'll go, we'll get back to it. But that was scary for me. I was like, you know, I, and the reason why I stopped was I was like, this is way too competitive. And I feel like, yeah, with, you know, things right now, even with dreams and whatnot, a lot of people, that's their thing. They're just like the fear thing or, you know, excuse that or doubting themselves is a big thing. But as you go through the experience and the journey is like, you kind of have to take that with you. Right. Like, it's all about the experience. So it's not that it's a bad thing. It's great because you're going to use yeah. that to fuel your next project or you're going to do better on your next project. There's like, like what you're saying there. And like I said a minute ago, this is a quote that anyone could yeah. always keep in their head. Yeah. There's no substitute for experience, good or bad. And the thing about it being competitive, and a lot of it is, it's way too competitive. But that's what drives excellence. Mm-hmm. Competition drives someone to become better. Like mm-hmm. when I used to play yeah. pool, I used to play play like, you know, billiards, right? On a pool table. So when you would play pool, you would play against friends and some of them suck and some of them are okay. But when I would when I was younger, I used to join tournaments. Um, you just put money in, mm-hmm. in like twenty bucks and you could win a couple hundred bucks. So it's just randomly like a hobby. But when you would play pool, if you play guys who are better than you, you get better. If I consistently play that's guys like who a, suck, that quote, my game goes down. Person in the room, right? Or smartest so, out of all your friends. <laughs> that's like a. 
yeah, then you need to find new friends as, as far as your intelligence level goes, because you need to elevate yourself. So if you're sitting there playing, you know, catch yeah. with your, with your, with your daughter, you're, you're not going to become better right. at catching. She'll learn because, because you're better than her. So you're going to teach her how to get better. But if you're playing with someone worse than you all the time, you won't become better at it. When you play with somebody better, you start trying harder um, because you have to catch up to them or beat them. So that's what drives excellence. The same thing with anything in yeah. life, like with kids or us growing up, we fall. The reason we fall is to learn to get back up. That, 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 that general idea is everything we fail at was teaching us how not to fail the future. Yeah. So you learn how to do it by trial and error. Yeah. It, it's it's really it's really a pretty simple process, but we all get lost. Oh, yeah. like, well, you know, and that's why this can or you like, can or I can't. Like, everyone kind of freaks out about that when stuff. When you're in the studio, and, people just like drop out like flies. And I feel like it helps when a lot of people are supportive around you, or when you have supportive friends. Or if you're by yourself, sometimes that's hard too. It's, it's yeah. tough. It's tough by yourself. But even with friends, sometimes you have the ones who do support and you have the ones who don't really support for a couple That's of reasons. True. One, they're not interested or two, they're just kind of like jealousy gets in the way. And and not, not yeah. so much jealousy, like, like, oh, oh I'm, I'm so jealous. I wish that was me. But it's almost kind of like natural. Mm-hmm. Like no one. It's another quote from a movie. Like, I think I forgot what the movie it was. Oh, Someone yeah. Will definitely. Know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they want to see you do good, just not better than them kind of thing so so it, it's kind of a, a human instinct it's not just like yeah i'm just hating because i want to be a hater some people are haters but <laughs> in some cases it's like oh that's cool man i wish i had that kind of thing like well, you know i'm not going to support too much because kind of kind of lightweight hating even without even trying to hate it's kind of a natural feeling like jealousy is one of those things i mean that's why it's one of the seven deadly sins envy it's one of those things that people just kind of get sometimes yeah like, so like find, kind of like i don't want kind of want that um yeah or, or I mean, so in, like, in the end, me? so it's kind of, yeah. I feel like Go you're ahead. saying Sorry, that you, you kind of are on your own in the end, too, because you got to motivate yourself to be consistent. You know, you can't rely on the support system or anyone else. It's just going to be you. Yeah. And there's only so much you can push a person and help support them, you know, and encourage them. But it's going to be up to them in the end. Yeah. Every time, every time you're always on your own. The only thing you could do is lead by example. Um, and, and, and even the times when you have people who are kind of like encouraging you and pushing you in the right direction, it feels good. But as soon as you like, you know, walk away from that person because they're going to work and they're going wherever and you step out on your own to go do what you're going to do, even though you got good encouragement, like, it, it kind of disappears. You're like, OK, I'm on my own again. And then that feeling still comes back because our feelings, as much as they're not real in the physical world, just in your own head. It is a oh, physical yeah. chemical Emotions. reaction that yeah. happens inside you that really <laughs> could screw you up. It could really hold you back. Yeah. It can really like make you go. Uh, uh. It happens in like basic procrastination on a, on a daily basis for people like I should probably do the laundry today, but yeah, I'll do it later, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that, that same thing happens with everything. But when you really get excited and pumped up for something, you, you, you'll, you'll tend to attack it. But even then, as soon as you run out of steam or you run out of your little bit of energy you got going towards it, you go, ah, because it, it doesn't seem to work out as fast or as good as maybe you hoped or you thought it might. But again, there's no substitute for experience. You got to go through it. So where I was yeah, yeah, yeah. then, I was doing the TV show. I did it for a few years. Um, getting back to the story, right? I, I, I did the show for a few years. We did about nice. I don't know, maybe nice. 25 to 30 episodes. A few times we went to Los Angeles and out to Atlanta and Miami, and we just did some different shows here and there. Um, so what brought, was the name like, of the show? Mr. Fab met me in Miami the hypnotic uh, in 2004. Okay, okay, cool. So for everyone out there listening, they the check it show. out still? Like, look it up? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I mean, they, there's a few things out there. My my uh, partner with the hypnotic show, he was the, the, the editor and the cameraman. He we, we were going to do a lot more with it than we kind of just, you know, as you get older, you're like, yeah, tired, yeah. man. But there's a, there's an Instagram page for it, but there's not much on there because he's been busy moving okay. around and doing cool. stuff. And, then, and there's a few pieces online um, on, on YouTube as well. But um, we always wanted to like go back and, and like archive yeah. it all and, and just put it all, all, all online, which I think he may one day, but either way, the point was, it was just fun to kind of go. So what happened and on the show? Chronicle the, 
kind of the hyphy movement yeah. at the time. In fact, like uh, on the show, we would interview people. We'd interview nice. like like E Forty, Keek the Sneak, Mister Fab, uh, the Hood Stars, Federation, San Quinn, uh, mm. Jacka. A lot of people who aren't Mac Dre. A lot of people who aren't with us anymore. But um, we would go to their shows, go to their concerts, go to their like That's birthday so cool. parties they'd have at clubs. And we'd be in the back with them, like in the VIP areas. You know, people would be smoking weed, drinking, doing interviews. Um, we would do topics like, um, <laughs> you know, tattoos on, on people, mostly girls, because, you know, sexy stuff. So we, we, we would show people's tattoos. Um, that was called uh, In the Flesh, you know, because oh, yeah. you know, yeah. people want to show their tattoos. But oftentimes, your tattoos are covered because, you know, you wear clothes. So we just ask questions like that whenever we would, in between interviews with artists. So pretty much what we did was That's we interviewed so cool. all the artists in the Bay Area. Um, and we'd hang out with them in the natural environment versus they come to mm-hmm. us and sit on a TV show where, okay, hi, I'm here with Mac Dre and this is uh, blah, blah, blah. So we'd go to them and they would just say, hey, say whatever you want, say whatever you feel, man. So what's popping tonight? Oh, man, we out here, you know, celebrating my, uh, my birthday, da, 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 da. And, you know, popping the thiz, whatever, whatever. They'd be drinking. So you would see them in the natural environment, which was the cool thing about it because on our show after 1130, it was like how cable TV <laughs> is now after like 11 o'clock or whatever, they could have swearing and stuff. Right. On it. So it had everything you would want. The only thing we couldn't have is like X-rated stuff, but everything else was on there. People doing drugs, everything. So it was just people in their natural environment. Um, nothing illegal, illegal, but just people, you know, partying, pretty much everyone partying and, and the whole music scene was what we covered. So cool. But in between those, we would do things like in the flesh, <laughs> people show their tattoos, or we'd ask people what their favorite sexual position was. And then, you know, all the girls would answer the questions because everyone's drunk. And then the other day we were like going through it, maybe like a, a year ago, we were going through it. Like we should put all this out again. And I was like, you know, what we should do it. Cause it's been, I like, would love that. Years. I would we watch should this. Put this thing on YouTube and be like, is this your mom? <laughs> is this your mom? And then like you show all these girls who are like in their twenties talking all this crazy shit, drinking and smoking. I don't give a fuck. You feel me? Woo, woo, woo. And then, is this your mom? And then show all these people. Some people get hella mad though, because their daughters who could be like twelve or fifteen now. <laughs> mom, is this you? What the fuck? Look at you smoking and drinking. You, you tell me I can't do it. But that would probably cause a lot of drama. But you it would be funny though because we have all again. that footage so, of all these girls. At something clubs, like this shit. now. <laughs> I would. I, I mean, I, I was thinking about it. I, I was thinking about it. I just been. Mm-hmm. just been busy with with life but i mean yeah you definitely could it's not that hard but yeah. the key still would be you got to get you have to be consistent you got to get up you got to get out there you got to film everyone you got to make the people feel comfortable who you're filming as well versus like they feel like oh man this guy's over here just trying to get footage and make himself some something you make them feel as if this footage is for you to express yourself and when people feel like that they are expressive if you're like oh i want to get some footage of you so i can show all my fans that, that i recorded you you can't word it that way or say it that way because they're like well no nah, man you gotta pay me for that I've never had to pay anybody for any of this stuff. I've never had to do any real work for it other than be there, show up, and tell them, hey, man, this is the Bay Area's underground television program, the hypnotic show. I came up with an award show, the Bars Awards, which stood for Bay Area Rap Scene Awards. So that was like the award show, like the MTV Awards or the BET Awards or the Source Awards, whatever. It was a hip-hop award show. I did the first one in San Francisco at the Masonic Theater up on top of Knob Hill. Huge theater, um, big event. We invited everyone in the Bay. We nominated everybody. We set up a website online so you could vote online for your favorite rapper. Um, And the show was fucking huge. It was really unorganized and really messy because everyone wants to jump on stage. Everybody wants shine because no one in the Bay really ever got invited to MTV. You know, like yeah. when they do an MTV award show, it's always like Eminem or Snoop or whoever was the biggest artist at the time. It was never like E-40 or Too Short or anybody else in the Bay locally. So they really yeah. all wanted to be part of something that gave them the recognition for all the work that they put in. And the, the shows were huge. I mean, they were big ass shows. We had it all set up with the with the giant screens and all the video editing. So you'd be like, uh, I mean, today it doesn't sound as impressive, but it's still yeah. we had a huge giant screen set up with. All, all the lights and all, all the stuff and the podium and everything and then you'd be like all right cool. right okay. now we want to, want to announce the nominee for artist of the year now some of the stuff is on youtube you can look up the the uh bars awards i'm gonna definitely check um, that out right after bars awards <laughs> yeah. 2005 and people will be able to see some of the footage so that's awesome yeah, yeah. So i mean you know if you do like or don't right not now, a big though. deal but it, it is there that's um so crazy and, uh, mac 
We're giving some. Uh, no, free no one's done it there. since. I did it in 05 and I did it in 06. The reason it's, it's, it's. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, the, the reason you don't is because one, you got to get all the artists to show up and that's really hard. Number two, you got to get all the artists in the bay all in the room at the same time. Number three, you got to get all them and their entourage so in the room now. at the same time. Number four, people usually have problems yeah. with beef. And number five, yeah. people are afraid of rap. It, it, it was harder then. It, it was never easy um, because people think like, oh, man, yeah. well, all these rappers in one room is going to be drama. Someone's going to pull out a gun. Someone's going to, you know, so everyone's, everyone's afraid. And even when I did the mm-hmm. second one in 06, the people didn't want to rent me the venue at the San Mateo Expo Center. And that shit cost like $100,000 to put it together. So that's another thing. You can't just Jeez. do it for 10 bucks. Did you have like an so agent for all of this, or were you just like a one-man like this, show? Like, which also becomes an issue. Where your own manager and everything. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say this. Is I a was a one-man show, <laughs> and that's a lot of work. I had, I had help. Like mm-hmm. I had help from a few people who would you know help out. I had a guy who was like a partner on the first one who gave me some advice. Um, and one of the best pieces of advice from him is it was, the fake it till you make it thing? Or? You always want to act the part. You always want to look the part. You want to look professional. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. It, it, it's I, I would never really advise that because you don't want to fake anything, but you still need to look the part. So, for example, for the first award show, you know, all the rappers were there smoking, and all the fans were there smoking, and everybody was kind of wilding out. Mm-hmm. And after it ended the venue was like, hey, because um, we were up on top of Knob Hill. And now there's like, you know, thousands of fucking rappers and rap fans up there just going dumb. <laughs> and all the people up there were like old rich white people. And they're looking at us like, what the fuck is going on over there? Right? Like, we're really shutting shit down up there. And there's a cable car going by in the background. And it, it's it's a prestigious place. Yeah, That's where the Fairmont Hotel is. That's where like, the presidents stay when they come into town. That's where royalty stays when they come into town. So we're up there just going dumb. Now, they didn't expect it to be this hyphy, basically. And they were like, yo, you guys are going to lie to us about what you're doing and blah, blah, blah. So we're going to keep the money that we got at, at the gate, at the door. And we're like, no, we're not going to do that. So we had to have a meeting with the lawyers and all that. So we went to the meeting like about two weeks after the event. And my partner shows up in a suit and tie and his friend who came with them. And I work in yeah. construction. So I show up in my construction <laughs> clothes. <laughs> And when we walk into the meeting, the dudes are in there, like 10 dudes yeah. all in suits. Like they have like 10 lawyers in there and a couple board of supervisors because it's a big building. It's, it's, it's the Masonic Theater on California Street in San Francisco. The building's probably worth, I don't know, $50 million or something. Like not even joking. Like it's a huge building on the corner of California Street in San Francisco on top of Knob Hill. Mm-hmm. It's, it might be worth way, way, even way more than that. I don't know. But it's worth a ton of money. So this is big business. And I walk in in my construction clothes. And my partner looks at me like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? And then they all look at me like, uh, okay. Right? And I'm like, listen, I don't even care what I'm looking like right now. Here's what happened. Da, 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 da. You guys owe us X amount of money. They're like, no, we're not going to give you this money. Because, you know, you guys blah, 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 yeah. blah. And they have all their attorneys. And we don't have the money or the finances to hire attorneys to fight this. So we kind of had to take a loss on that. Because it happens. Um, but the only way to pull this off was to do that. Yeah. When I did this, I wasn't trying to make money. I was trying to get some shine on the Bay Area. So we got some magazine interviews. We got like Double XL magazine to come out and interview us. Um, someone from from a, a, a South magazine was there, and she ended up copying it and doing what we did kind of for the South for a few years called the Ozone Awards. She pretty much copied my entire template and kind of just did that for the South. Not taking um, credit so, for it, but she kind of so saw what we did. Question. It was like, no, if someone was the wanting to do all so this, like a show that. and YouTube and um, do all of this stuff, like the legality yeah. of it, would you suggest them having like, you know, an agent, a manager, all this LLC stuff, you know, stuff to protect themselves or, or just kind of go for it? Yeah. I mean, if you want to do it right, <laughs> um, yeah, that would be you would need all of that but but the the overall cost you need money pretty basically <laughs> pretty high the return well yeah i mean you definitely need money you could find sponsors and whatnot but even then when i was doing sponsorships 
a lot of people would ask, well, who's your biggest star? I'm like, okay, E40 or Too Short. And they're like, okay, well, that, that's not big enough to pull like a Nike or a Budweiser or something like this. They would want like whoever right. the hottest artist is going, like Jay-Z or Beyonce kind of thing. So you, you would need like, you know, if you want to get T-Mobile or maybe you could probably get Cricket Wireless now or something. But even then, you'd have to get them to be like, all right, this is a big event. It's the hottest artist in the Bay. These guys sell millions of records. Like you, you, you really got to spin it because the Bay Area is like the fourth market. There's L.A., New York. There's one other big market. I think it's the South now, uh, just the entire South kind of as a, as a whole market region. And then the Bay Area would be like, like the mm-hmm. fourth market when it comes to media presence. So it's hard to really kind of pull that in. But I had some ideas I was thinking about yeah. working on to maybe do some other types of things. But to, to, to do this on your own, it, it's, man, it's a lot of work. Oh, yeah. And it literally takes a lot out of you. When I was done with this, it took... I'd say I'd say if I was going to live to be 80, naturally, I, I'm, I'm only going to hit 75. The amount of stress and the amount of shit you got to go through for these these type of things really drains you. Have you seen the fire, the, the fire festival? I've heard about it with that guy who like scammed everybody. OK, this dude was like a super hustler scammer mm-hmm. kind of guy, but he did try to put the thing together. But he had no idea what he was doing and he really yeah. fucked up and he had a lot of help and a lot of people. But. At the, at the top where his leadership was coming from, he really left a lot of shit hanging and he was always kind of scamming. And after it all ended, he was scamming again. But if you watch that show, anyone who watched that show will probably feel really uncomfortable and really like, this is bad. This guy's fucking shit up left and right. And he was. Mm-hmm. But he tried to do something of like what I was doing. A little bit bigger scale even because he was trying to go all out and do a thing in Jamaica or wherever the fuck it was in, in, in the islands and bring out all the biggest stars in the world kind right. of for a huge like kind of like a edc kind of thing but on, on an island and he tried to put it together but he did it so bootleg and so half-assed because he was kind of keeping the money for other shit he was trying to work yeah. on so he fucked up right there from the jump by doing it all wrong but he never quite had everything secured mm-hmm. or in place but he really made a giant mess out of it so when you do something like this there's a really good chance it doesn't go right and if it doesn't go right you got millions of dollars of investments and and, and uh endorsements and sponsors put in you could find yourself in a really bad yeah. position afterwards like that dude went to jail for like five years so <laughs> i wouldn't recommend anybody trying this kind of shit um unless you literally have a good head on your shoulders and some experience and even then there's a risk but every, every concert you ever go to from one at oracle arena or san jose or mm-hmm. anywhere in the world people book a venue for x amount then they book an artist for X amount. And the goal is right. to sell enough tickets after paying for marketing and advertising that your marketing, advertising, venue cost, and artist cost are all covered and you still turn a profit. If you do it well and you get the thing to sell out, you can make 40, 50 grand, 100 grand, a couple hundred grand, maybe half a million uh, if you do it right. But if anything goes wrong or you don't get enough tickets sold, you end up losing your ass. So it's, it's, it's a long shot. But if you know what you're doing, you got the experience and you're good at it, I'm sure you can make good money off it. But even then, they take a few hits here. Yeah. Some things don't always pan out. Or the artist gets fucking sick. Oh, the show's going to be rescheduled for another date. Shit like this. And then people start asking for their money back and all kind of crap like this. So th- there's a yeah. lot that happens. I wouldn't really recommend it to anybody unless you've really got a lot of tenacity to say, you know what, I'm going to dive into something like mm-hmm. that. But if you want to start, start small. Get that experience because there's no substitute for, like I said before. But I, I did two of those shows, and then after the second show, I was like, you know what? I'm done. Never again. I'm fucking exhausted. I did a bunch of interviews, and you know, people ask questions and all that kind of stuff. But I got tired at that point. I said, fuck it. Took a few years off, and then my cousin was working on art. And you could ask me any questions about that, which we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get to my cousin's piece, which is kind of the, the, the last chapter in my saga. No, but any questions no, and on I, the whole I, entertainment I know the stuff, other TV shows, was, yeah, the, the clothing, shows. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was clothing, it was art, and it was kind of marketing. But um, what I did yeah. then was mm-hmm. I got with my cousin, and we started making like some clothes, and he wanted to get a store. So oh we yeah, opened up a oh, store man, on H Street, expensive. which is not easy. You got to have a bunch of money to put down, and and they they usually want long leases and long long term deals. I was able to get in one for right. like a six month deal, just to kind of squeeze in. If it goes well, keep it. If it doesn't go well, we can get out. Open up a store, put a bunch of product in there, but he was kind of going in an art fashion direction. And I was like, well, why don't we go sport direction? Because at that time, the Giants had just won a World Series. The Niners were on their way to the Super Bowl. Why don't we, yeah. you know, focus on what's hot in this region? And at that point, I reached out to players. Any player that wasn't signed with Nike or, or somebody big, I'd reach out to them and 
you know, show them some custom work we have for them. But but the work was nice. The ideas were nice. The concepts were nice. We give them a whole package with like six to ten different designs for their clothing brand, and they can market it on their social media. And we go from there. So I was working with 49er players like Frank Gore, Navarro Bowman. Um, we hooked up with Colin Kaepernick, but he was already doing some clothes with with someone locally, and he was also gonna get ready to sign with Nike. So we just did some artwork with him. Um, he was hot at the time. And then several players on the Niners, a few players on the Raiders, um, some guys on the Warriors, like uh, Mo Spates from the Warriors at the time, Mo Buckets. And then wow, we got Stephen awesome. Clay to you know wear some of his gear to help promote it. And then we hooked up with Steph to get him some artwork wow. and also to present some mm-hmm. artwork to give to him, to give to Under Armour, to see if Under Armour wanted to to take some of the artwork and, and, and you know, infuse it with, with their brand for him to kind of, uh, you know, expand his brand beyond just like basic basic stuff kind of give him a, a little bit different angle i talked uh, with him we had about a 15 minute meeting to kind of see what we could do mostly presenting him artwork like big painted canvases that my cousins were doing um i talked with his agent and people like that but it's really hard see when, when you get to that level and you're bumping into like the, the the top of the line the agent and everybody else like that wants specs they want mm-hmm. so and even then they're still like well who are you again big so they kind of just eh, it's okay we're good because they're getting paid millions from under armor and people like this to to do stuff well we're, we're offering them mm-hmm. nothing besides some cool stuff so w- when you hit the, the 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 top level that that's when you're going to fake it until you make it ain't yeah. never going to work there because you have to actually have substantial products or su- something substantial to show them to say you know what i like it or, or i'm in and, you know, we, we, we did a lot of that. We did a few sales with, with these players online. Um, it did pretty well. Um, I don't want to give all my no, secrets yeah. about <laughs> how I did all that away, but we, we, we did a lot with them. Um, and then, uh, you know, at, at one point I had about 15 different players from football, baseball, basketball um, signed with, with the brand. And we were pushing a, 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 a good amount of products online because mm-hmm. – Everything became easy when you could do all this stuff online, yeah. you know, um, marketing, social media, all the stuff. So we did a lot of that, had a lot of meetings, had a lot of, uh, you know, people would, players would bring us out to the games or we, we'd go out to the parties with them. When, when someone would have a birthday party, like the whole team would come and we'd all be up there on stage hanging out uh, with them. So it, it was, it was, it was fun. It, there's a lot of fun in all this and there's a lot of excitement in all this, but if, if, if the, if the structure behind it doesn't work out, a lot of that is love. Want to do it? You may mm-hmm. or may not make the money that you might hope you make, but you also have to be able to su- sustain that. So I have a job, a pretty good job mm-hmm. that I could afford to do this. If, yeah. you, if you don't have a job, doing this is really tough because you're always going to basically need some don't kind of quit your day job you <laughs> by doing all this. <laughs> don't quit your day job. I mean, unless mm-hmm. like you know, you're sitting on a gold mine and everyone's already buying tons. I mean, it's 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 rare, but if you have the perfect opportunity, sure, take a shot. Um, but for me, I had a, a flexible day job and I was able to go back and forth. So it's tough, but you have to be able to catch flights sometimes. Uh, you got to fly to L.A. once in a while and meet people out there. You, you, you got to bring stuff like when one of the players switched teams, I had to fly out to L.A. And then he had a meeting. Uh, he was he was in Sacramento during one game. So I had to go up to there. You got to drop off product. I mean, you have to move around a lot. So there's a lot of stuff that happens where you can't just you know, wait for it to happen. You have to Yeah, I was going to say, it, it sounds like it, you were always with the trend finances. or you were one step ahead. And that's like so important to make it right now. Yeah. You know, to do something different or be ahead. <laughs> uh, it, it's, yeah. Yeah. And, and but, but even then, if, if you're doing something that is different and or you're a little bit ahead, you got to keep that coming. Because like, even when we had a sale and you sell a lot, then you run out of product. Yeah, the money's coming in, but you, you got to quickly re-up that. Because you you can't fall behind. Now, if you buy too much, then you're stuck on it. If it doesn't sell as well as you hope, so there's always a risk and gamble in in anything where you're doing any kind of business, especially if you're kind of freelancing or doing something in an entrepreneurial form where you're just kind of yeah. I just think it's it incredible that you were able to go from one so, to the next to the next and just keep going. And like at like as all of this was building, was your family, you know, growing at the same time outside of all of this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's, that's part of it too. You, yeah. Your family does keep going obviously and, and your family's growing. And, you know, I got 
responsibilities with the yeah. family, but it does take yeah. up a ton of your time. And I was still also working, working full time. So I'm working full time. This takes up the other full time. You're doing like 80 hours a week um, total from work and, How do you create and the the secondary thing and keep going, um, whatever project <laughs> it may be. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's tough, man. It's, it's kind of impossible. You kind of just do some and, and back and forth as much as you can. You yeah. just try to juggle it the best you can, but there, there's no like basic formula. One hour here on Tuesday, it, it no, it, it's it's as much as you can, yeah. as hard as you I, can, I as I long think, as you can. I think that is and hope that's for the best. What's the key to doing all of this is the balance and the consistency, like you said. And I just feel like as I'm looking through all the trends, the YouTube videos, the podcasts, and whatnot, you see people just disappear all the time. Because it is hard. That is like, I feel like the biggest, hardest thing is to keep consistent. Like, oh, every other day I'm going to post or every two, three days I'm going to post or I'm going to do this YouTube channel, you know, every few days. I feel like that's where people are falling or failing or falling off. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you don't see yeah. the results right away, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, it takes a few years. So really, okay, for the next 720 for the next 730 yeah. days, which is like two years, right? So for the next 730 days, you're going to post yeah, I'm so 400 sure. fucking <laughs> podcasts. It's very, yeah, yeah. Well, 730 days is two years, right? Yes. 364, 365, whatever. So 365 is 730, two yeah. years. You're going to post so what, 400 podcasts, 300 podcasts, even 100 podcasts, whatever it is. So divide that by 24 months. And of two years of doing this and posting it, and it's pretty good and people follow, and they listen, blah, 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 then you get a little bit of traction. Some people get lucky and get more, but others don't get any. You know, two years go by, and they still got three subscribers. So you're like, all right, and then people just fall off. And most people won't even go two years. They'll go like a month or two, maybe six months, just dabbling, and then you're going to fall off on podcasts or anything. I, like I see these YouTube channels, yeah. and like my, my kids want to do it. One, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I want my yeah. kids really all on YouTube like that for – the fact that they're going to deal with their friends at school, if they know, oh, you think you're yeah. cool because you have a stupid channel, you're not cool. You know, some are going to do that. Some are going to like it, but they're going to be emotional about it. They have to be able to tolerate yeah, that. They're, they're still kids. But some of these kids have you know, only a few kids, but they some do. of these kids have these huge channels, oh, right? Where they're making a million dollars a year. And you're like, fuck, we can maybe do that. Yeah, but it is like lottery. There's not 7,000 kids in every state making 100,000 a year. There's a few. Um, there's other ones who do something, I'm sure, but to kind of get up there, we're like, man, I can make, I can retire off of this. Yeah. Well, then shit, you got to get the channel going. You got to buy the products and do, do the toy thing or the video game thing or whatever they want to do or all of it and do it every day or every oh, week yeah, for definitely. a few years and market it the best you can and mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That consistency. Yeah. And it's I not going to pay off right away. You might be in 20 grand after two I've years. I've definitely seen, because um, I've been reading a lot of these influencers on IG and their channels, and I'm seeing, like, yeah, they, they go back and they talk about where they began, and it's, like, two, three years to even get something out there, to get even known even a little bit. And, you know, I would tell my spouse, and I'd be like, hey, if it took me five years to get there, would it be worth it? And he's like, hell yeah, it would. You know, but that's the hard part is like to be consistent, to be patient, to be, you know, to keep the balance within your family and your work and your dream. It's like, how do you keep going? It's like, wow, exactly. that's why it is that hard and challenging. You can do it, but it's going to take all those things. That's tough. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And what was your goal? It's, I mean, yeah. But see, that's the same thing. Like, my my goal well my goal with the tv show was just kind of for fun yeah my goal with fighting was just to learn how to fight and have a good time i was young i didn't care my goal with anything else was to make a few dollars when i was younger but with the tv show was for fun it was exciting with the award shows was to get enough publicity on this area that they get more shine and once they get more shine then that means my whole projects everything i do gets more shine because i'm the popular guy in the area so I would kind of be the go-to host, the go-to behind-the-scenes guy in this region, and hopefully I would be able to get my own show or something like that. But I didn't care about making money on the show. All I cared about was getting the Yeah.
I would definitely say the goal and the, um, the goals and the dreams, they, of course they change as you grow and, you know, as you age and as you get kids, um, later, what I hear a lot about from a lot of like these multimillionaire, like entrepreneurs and such, they're like, the biggest thing that kept them going was their why, like their why was incredibly strong on why they kept going and, you know, their purpose. And a lot of them, it turned out to be their kids, their family, or it's, or some of them, it's like, it's money, you know, they just want to die with their money. Um, what do you <laughs> feel like is, is your, your why now and your goals now after all of this? Well, I mean, my why then versus my why now, yeah. See, right, right now I'm, I'm, I spent a year kind of like, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. I want to just do nothing. Why not? <laughs> just, just nothing. But yeah. my why then was just because just, I just wanted to do it because it was fun. It was yeah. exciting. It was cool. If I was, I don't even do anything right now, but if I was going to get back into something right now, my why would be <sighs> because it gives me something <laughs> really because it gives me something to do that I'd be interested in it, if I was even going to do it financially if you're going to do it, you don't want to lose money. Oh yeah. I, I, I've done enough of that, but I'm not doing it just for money or just for my kids or any of that stuff. Because to me, this is something more like a, anything I would do entrepreneurial wise would be heartfelt. It'd be something I want to do for me. I like that. Not, not, not in a selfish way, but because I just want to express myself or live my life and enjoy the things that I like. Like some people like collecting cars or like, you know, playing with Legos or like, reading books whatever it is it for me it would be it would be something that would give me peace of mind inside uh mm -hmm. to do what i like but financially if you could make money at the same time that'd be a great goal right <laughs> um but I, i've never started any of these projects like i want to make a lot of money except maybe on on the clothing business because i had a lot of players and i knew i could get to them the goal at that point was to sell the business to somebody much bigger than us and then make money which would help set us up for a better future but um, I've never been, been looking at it through, through the eyes of just, I want to make a lot of money. I love that. I love that because you rarely hear that. I feel like a lot of my friends that are, you know, um, entrepreneurs, they're like, it's, they are about the money and they're not afraid to say that. And that's, that's fine, you know, but I feel like it's rare I hear outside of that, like the heartfelt project. I love that you say that. It's not that like you're just passionate about, it, but you're fully full hearted into it. Yeah, I mean, anything you do, I mean, the only thing people really should do that they don't like doing kind of yeah, is like your job, you know, <laughs> and, and you do it because you need the money. And you go, well, if you do, then you won't. But you still should have like some kind of a desire behind it, not just I want money. You know, uh, I mean, at least for me. Like, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it because I want to do it, not because I'm doing it, try to get my hands on some money. That's not like the only goal behind that. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to make money that aren't fun. Um, but there's tons of ways to make money from investing to being smart with your money to saving your money. Um, there's, there's tons of ways to get your hands on money. You should want to do some of this stuff. Uh, if you're an inventor, well, yeah. Yeah, you want to sell your invention, make money. But you still love inventing. You know, if you're an app designer and you like designing apps, you spend all the time yeah. on the computer, you still like doing that, I would think. That, yeah, that's why you're the kind Yeah, of I just feel like, it. especially in a tech um, world. So, money, money shouldn't yeah. be in, in any kind of world. Yeah, I don't think exactly money should be the only say. drive behind it. It's definitely a, a real drive behind it, but it shouldn't be your only motivation. I mean, if money is your only, your only motivation, then it's kind of like, I want to make this to sell it. And, and yeah. I'm, which is cool, but for for me, uh, it, it had to be something that that you wanted to do. Like anybody who becomes a you know, a, right? You, you open up a, a cupcake shop, or or you have any any of these artistic kind of things. You usually like those things, is why you do it. And then and then with the right kind of game plan and with the right push, you become successful. To where you're actually making money doing what you like or what you love, and then that's kind of like what what the goal comes down to is oh, yeah. something you really enjoy doing while making a living and if you're lucky enough to do that then you're one of the ones yeah. who got lucky enough to do that because most people can't um or don't know where to start or all the questions you kind of had in the beginning like man how, how do you even start what do oh, you yeah. do the bottom yeah. line is just start anywhere yeah, that's true
start anyway. If if you don't start, it's never going to work. Oh, yeah. And then number two, consistency. Or like you told me, uh, um, as a it. mom, as mom long as you can. If you find yourself, <laughs> it's my new favorite word I've been saying a lot lately. <laughs> mom said. <laughs> it's so important because, you know, it's, hearing it's, all it's this the same thing. I mean, it, you know, being a mom yeah. is not easy. It's, yeah. We're cutting out. A I bit. take a moment to. Yeah. To stay consistent on whatever you do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was like cutting out a little bit, you there? but um, okay. I wanted to Just finish sure. your story about you know the whole clothing line, and um, you were doing a lot of the sports gear and all of that and finish like what had happened after all of that and then um up to mm-hmm. like why you took a break for a year after all that well what happened with that is like i had a partner who was cool but he his mindset wasn't quite right he was thinking like uh-huh. the whole time like he he kind of felt like like the industry owed him something like he was supposed to have more and he wanted more out of it. But I'm like, it doesn't just magically come. Yeah. Even though we've done a lot of great work, no. you still got to get that deal in place. Nothing is given for free, man. You, you, you really got to get out there and put these deals in place and make it work. And I got tired of yeah. kind of carrying it on my end. Um, and he was kind of just waiting for it to happen on his end. And I'm like, look, man, it, it don't just happen on its own. So uh, we, we had a big deal in place oh, with wow. somebody really big who was a family member of the owners of the 49ers. And they were looking at purchasing it buying it partnering up with it but the demands of my partner were kind of like so ridiculous to them that they were like nah, no no you no 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 deal but we were close uh at that point in time i just was like you know what you're not going to make it easy as far as us making a deal because you want all these demands that really don't have any place you don't have the financing behind you to make these demands so i'm going to call it quits at the end of the year which I did because I already put too many years into it. And with him, he kind of like wants oh, man. like millions yeah. up front or bust. And I'm like, no one's going to offer us millions up front. It's just, it's, that's going to be tough. You know, it's almost an impossible dream, but if you got a partner who's got millions, now we have the capital we need to move this thing forward. But he didn't really yeah. want to deal with that. So I was like, all right, well deal with it without me then. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I don't blame you. Went. Gosh, you um, come. Up. And then I just got tired. You know, I mean, Sorry, really no matter what you do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. you know, it's not life's journey ain't over until it's over. I mean, people do different things, different ages, different times. I have a lot of experience, so oh, yeah. that's one good thing I have going for myself. Yeah, I love it because but, I, mean, I mean, yeah, you you went zero to one hundred, but I feel like, I mean, from your story, it sounds like you just kept going and you were very very positive about the whole process, and you definitely took it in, and every part of your journey you took in, and you know you use that to just keep learning, which is so important because I have some friends that will tell their journey exactly. and it'll be very negative and a lot of regrets of things that they wish they they've done, you know, and it sounds like you did everything, you know, up to this point, of course, the journey's not over what you wanted to do. And now you can instill all that knowledge to your kids and, you know, everyone out there hit, hit this guy up. If you need some more advice on, on life and entrepreneurial, (laughs) the journey, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he's not done yes i'm also not done i'm not done but but you have to yeah. you have to you, you have to want to yeah. do it and right now I'm, yeah. I'm not really where i want to but i'm not not wanting to for a while I was like i don't even care anymore yeah but like like i said there's no substitute for experience right yeah. so everyone needs to remember that and there's no answer or like yeah. th- th- there's no one answer there's no one book there's no one class yeah. that says oh this is perfect it's a collection of experiences right so there's some good there's some bad there's some unique to your own personal yeah. journey which is your experience the trial yeah. and error the, 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 the trial and error is your best experience you can go through 
Um, at some point with advice or friendship or people who could help you, you want to limit the damage you take and you want to limit the damage you do, but you want to get good advice from others exactly. who have the experience. Yeah. So the bottom line is yeah, start. Definitely. You have to start. That's number one. If you don't start, you're never going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, you ever see that, that uh, movie Dodgeball? <laughs> he, the, uh, the, the old guy was like the five deeds of dodgeball duck dodge dip dive and dodge yeah. right so he, he said dodge duck dip dive and dodge yeah, so he, he said yeah. dodge twice so I was like there's five S's of success right and success yeah. everyone everyone equates success just to how much money you made now along the way I've made money I've lost money I've made money I could have done a lot more I even had uh, someone from body armor one time yeah. about five years ago before they got big big before coke bought a piece of them or Pepsi. Someone bought a huge piece of their company. He wanted me to get in with one of the players I had. And, you know, I was so focused on the damn clothing crap that I didn't get the player in and I should have pushed him. I, I mentioned it to him, but I should have pushed him harder to get the player to put the money in because mm -hmm. I could have got a piece of that and I would have owned a piece of that, which would now be worth wow. about $2 billion <laughs> for like $10,000. But <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get that piece, which I should have because I was focused on getting the company going because my partner was kind of waiting for it to work for him and if he wasn't slacking mm -hmm. like that i think we really could have pushed a lot further and took more advantage of opportunities we even had at the time but i was so consumed with helping him and helping the company while still doing my day job that i couldn't focus on all the little side things that were popping up because there's a lot of other things that pop up that, that you can yeah. use to your advantage if you're not too focused on one thing to where you're not paying attention you still want to pay attention but the five S's of success, right. which really is just the experience you've gone through. And if you've had anything good come out of it, and most cases, you will find some good. If you open up a small business and you fail from the day one, you never make a penny and lose all your money, you really screwed up. But still, yeah. it's an experience. But the five S's of success, like the five D's of dodgeball, would just be start, study, yeah. strategize, stay guys? strong, <laughs> and start. So if you do those things... If you do those things, start, study, because you want to know what you're doing. You, you got to know who your competition is and you got to know how your industry works. Mm -hmm. Strategize, put some things in place, figure out what you have to do. You really got to do that. Some people just start, yeah. I'm just going to go do this. Good luck. But you have to kind of know what you're doing. Even when you go to the store, you grab your keys, you go to the car, you bring your wallet, you bring shopping bags or you buy them there, but you have some kind of a plan and you have a shopping list. You have a plan, some kind of a plan, or you take an Uber or you take a Lyft or you ride the bus or you walk, but you still have your wallet and a list. Usually that'll help you get what you want versus going to the store with yeah. nothing in your hand and you just end up buying hella shit. You're like, well, yeah. I'm kind of crap today, but half it wasn't even on your mind, but it looked good when you saw it. So you just bought it. So some of it's impulse, but you, you still need a strategy. So start, study, strategize. And Stay strong. Yeah, and that was my question. Next is when you do have bumps on the and road. Back to number and, one, start. You know, life takes over, or you know, you doubt yourself, or you fail, or a lot of you know, just life happens. How do you get back on track again? What are you, what do you do personally to get back on track? <laughs> <laughs> I just say fuck it. I just say fuck it. You know what? If I stop now, I'm never going to yeah. get there. So I got to push a little harder. And then maybe timeline, give yourself yeah. a, a, right. a timeline. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it six more weeks, six more months, maybe one year. But give it yeah. more. Give it as much as you got, as long as you got, as hard as you got, at least for a while. Because even if you don't make it, if, if you say, well, I gave it a 50-50 attitude, you know, gave it some effort. You're not ever going to make it with some effort. You yeah. really got to give yourself 100% effort at some point during the process. If you do that, if you give it 100% effort at some point during the process, you have your, your, yeah. your best chance of getting yeah. it. If you I, don't, I feel like definitely um, that's something I'm working on. And, you know, being a new mom too, I'm like, it's learning the balance of it all and being patient with myself. And also, I don't know yeah. if we even said this, but taking care of yourself. Like the yogi in me is like, yeah, you got to take care of yourself too, um, because you, got, like, yeah. you are not functioning well, mind, body, soul. How can you do anything also, right? And yeah, I feel like 
you know, that has stopped me that is important. here and there too. Cause I was like, Oh, mentally, I feel like I wasn't ready, you know, with stuff happening in my family before my daughter, you know, um, but to get back on track and to keep going. And it helps when you have people, you know, um, that are supportive and that help motivate you, which is why I was excited about this podcast too, is just to kind of help other people to keep going or to, like you said, at least just start, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you have yeah. to, but you, you have to start, but you do have to take care of yourself as well. Yeah. Um, finding balance is another thing you have to work on, but none of this is kind of like, yeah. <laughs> like an ingredients on the side of a mac and cheese box. It, yeah. it, it's, it's not quite that strict. It, it, it's a really loose version of, of, of the directions on how to, and it's different for everyone. It, it, it's a unique experience for each one of us. Yeah, definitely. Based on your personality. Definitely. uh your situation um, it's definitely it's definitely yeah. going to be unique but they still kind of fall on the same guidelines like just go, going shopping at, at the grocery store we all have a different form of transportation we all have a different amount of money we all have a different list to buy but you're still going to get out of wherever you are yeah. get to the store and purchase what you need each one's different but there's still the, the guidelines are the, yeah. same, are the same steps then back to where you are and put it away so th- there's still a standard of how that works. Some people think it's, oh, you have to have this. No, no, it's, it's, it varies. But there's still get up, go there, yeah. get what you need, get back. Those are the same. Each one's different. You might go over there, bump into an old friend. You might be out of stock of what you need. Mm-hmm. You might have lost your wallet in the store on the way home or before you even got to the damn store. So these journeys are exactly. different for all of us. And the experience is different for all of us. But you have to go through them. You lose your keys. Oh, shit. I, you know, I, I left my cell phone <laughs> on, the, on the produce aisle one time. I went back and it was still there. But other people lose their wallet or their cell phone or their keys going to stores. It happens. Those are your unique yes. experiences yeah. that help you learn and you should grow from um, as you move forward. So the, mm-hmm. the experience for all of us is different. The journey is different. The goal is kind of the yeah. same. We want to make some success out of what we're trying to do. Yeah, definitely. But there's no substitute for experience. Yes, exactly. And the more you have, and it's never too the late better to start. off you'll be. And I feel like for people that are just listening and wanting to start, they're no. scared also because of an age thing or like, oh, like me, I'm like, oh, my daughter was just born. Like, it's too late or I have too much shit happening. And it's it's never, ever too late. Never. Right. <laughs> you can start tomorrow you can it's start. never too late you can start when you're 60s I mean, and 70s i've heard some incredible stories of like entrepreneurs and hustlers start way later in life and still make millions of dollars you know it's possible yeah I yeah mean, just based on that um warren buffett right he's a billionaire exactly he yeah. didn't make the majority of his wealth till after he was 50 mm-hmm. you know i mean he, he, he's still one of the rare examples but the example was still real because, you know, it wasn't until his 50s where he really made his finances. Yeah, and a, and a lot of these tech companies also, are not in their 50s yet. a lot of their founders um, and owners have went bankrupt several times. And there's, you know, look at where they are today. You know, it's. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bill, Bill Gates and them, you know, the guy over at Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, His exactly. first company, I think it was called Datasoft, and he failed. Yeah. He failed big. He lost a ton of money in his first business, millions. And that's back in the eighties. And in the eighties, yeah. millions was millions was a lot. A lot. It's a lot now, but it was like ins- yeah. millions was like billions back then. It was it was insane amounts. But a second company, yep. Microsoft, did a little Disney. better than Microsoft. These are like all the cool ones that so, <laughs> we're I mean, all mentioning now. It, Disney was one of them. He asked a ton of banks to you know yeah. loan him money and you know people to invest. And imagine saying no to him and look where he is now. <laughs> Look at this Disney now. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and, and the person who could have invested yes. in them had experience and yeah. knowledge and success and still didn't make the right choice. You know, it just start. I love that. There's no substitute for experience. Man. Exactly. You, you just got to go through I it. I love that. And again, everyone's awesome journey is different. Because it's, it's like, you're also telling us, please don't be hard on yourself during this process and this journey, you know, and don't think that you're an absolute failure because I've had those talks with myself. Like I fucked up. I failed. It's too late. You know? (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm like, Oh, start over again. We all do. (laughs) We all do. 
Yeah, that's, that's just part of life. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Life is an it's an experience, but it's limited. It's a limited engagement. You, you have like the best quote. Life is a limited <laughs> engagement. Live yours today. You should see my notebook. I have like two things full of um, notes of me scribbling have, all this right now. Your story. <laughs> no, it, it's good, but but like you use this. Life is a limited engagement. Like you know, like a, a show is yeah. in town for a one week only or whatever. I Life thought you were going to say YOLO. Engagement. Live yours today. Um, I wrote a... Nah, 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 nah. I mean, you only do live once as far as we know. At least at least with, with, with this life, you only live yeah. once. But that's that's still pretty vague. Um, Amen. Live your life today because you never Amen. have tomorrow. You never have yesterday. Amen. All you have is today. That's all we ever have. So you, so you, you know, live it. Um, I wrote a... Uh, a, a, little, like, a haiku? No, I'm just kidding. Poem? Not a poem, but I, I just wrote a little. Yeah, I, I just wrote a little thing one time. It was just um, it was a, a little thing I wrote back in 2010 when I was moving to LA and working on scripts and stuff. That's something I still might get back into. Is the the seven films I have kind of in half in motion that I kind of put a pause on during all the all the clothing business and whatnot. But um, mm-hmm. I said life is for living, not preserving. That's what history is for. But history is only reserved for those who chose mm. to live their lives. That's so deep. <laughs> and that's what I it is. It. You know, you don't preserve and be afraid. You, you have to live your life. And then if you do that, you make something of yourself. And the ones who made the most of themselves are the ones that history mm-hmm. preserves to say, hey, look at these guys. They live their life. It's kind of what they're saying. Um, some good, some bad, but there's never the story about the, the grocery worker who retired at 65 and then lived his life in his <laughs> mom's basement. That's not in the history books. Um, <laughs> I mean, right. if that's his life, that's his life, and, and, and that's his choice, and that's fine. But but I'm not judging all that, but, but if you want to live your life, live it, and you have to take the risk and take the shots if you have any of those dreams. And it doesn't work for everyone. Even if you take the shot, it doesn't automatically work. You could do all the things every book in the world says, get advice, get money, get sponsors, get finances, go to school, do all the steps. And you yeah. still may not make it. It's not guaranteed. There's not going to be 7 yeah. billion successful entrepreneurs in the world of 7 billion people. It's still a risk. But the same people who go to mm-hmm. their 9 to 5 job and keep it real basic, yeah. some of them don't make it home from work several times a day across the world so there is no guarantee there there is no foolproof plan it's just if you want it go for it and if you're one of Mm -hmm. the fortunate ones you'll make it if you don't give up yeah um but 